1: that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So Lou Piniella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? (laughs) Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for
0: peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds. And, and speak, speaking of, you know, where, we, where we're at now with the, with the season ending, we're getting through all the awards, but the GM meeting starting this week in Vegas going to be down in vegas all the general managers are going to be down there with their briefcases their ties their 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 nerdy analytics crew will probably be with them their posse they're about to get wild in vegas uh tell me what what, what actually goes on at these gm meetings Hannah.
1: um from my understanding it's you know just a get-together between the GMs to kind of, you know, talk about their teams, their clubs, what they're looking for, what, you know, the club might be willing to um, get – I shouldn't say get rid of, but, you know, make some deals with. You know, it's just kind of a place to lay the groundwork with other clubs, maybe get deals started or talked about, you know, throw out ideas before the uh, winter meetings start in the beginning of December. So it's just kind of, you know, I would call it maybe like the – tailgating before the game starts maybe
0: yeah i i i see i understand and i see that i see that uh i see that analogy and i understand that i understand also that this is kind of like that quiet gray period uh area period where right after the season ends there's like this five day you know wait or grace period to where you really can really do anything so vegas just seems like the perfect spot for these guys to go and have these conversations these conversations just that happen in vegas what happens in vegas stays in vegas kind of kind of it seems like a perfect setting for it right
1: yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so you know, as you were mentioning, though, you were also saying we were also talking about the big thing is the winter meetings. Okay, so what what's the big contrasting thing about the winter meetings versus the GM meetings? Uh, well, the winter
1: meetings has always been more of a media skeptical or media spectacle, excuse me, um, thing. It's uh, Major League Baseball, um network is there broadcasting all day having gms on having managers having agents you know it's a lot different because the agents are there and involved and you know in years past there's been a lot of big signings there not as much lately in the last couple of years the signings have actually happened uh, before the winter meetings but uh anything can happen it's just kind of like it's the hot stove as you know and as baseball fans know and a really exciting time when a lot of news gets broken and Uh, Some rumors start and it's just a big free for all of where guys can go and big free agents. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, it's really exciting during that four or five day week to uh, watch the network and see all the rumors and follow along about uh, who's going to be moving places and how teams will improve.
0: Yeah. And I think compared to the major league draft, this is so much more interesting because. This is all stuff that can affect your teams right now and in the near future uh, versus the draft where you draft somebody. It's going to be years until you see these – Uh, Draft picks, you know, either pan out or not and a lot of the times they they trade these people at these uh, winter meetings that you you draft Um, Also, it does sound like a media spectacle kind of has that like opening of Jerry Maguire kind of feel to it It seems like to me kind of has that yeah, like you said the NFL It kind of has more of that NFL draft uh nba draft you know feel than an actual draft right because in those sports lot's where a lot of the big trades are announced and and made but at the major league uh baseball winter meetings that seems like when that happens it's usually right at the what beginning of december so you know roughly a month after the season so it's like a perfectly timed uh you know, event, Uh, you were saying it's a big media spectacle. Well, (laughs) Maybe I got to get on down there. Maybe we got to hit up Odyssey and be like, come on, the Rye Bread Mustard podcast needs to be down there on Media Row, right, at the uh, winter meetings?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I need to see you right next to Major League Baseball Network, you know, right there in the uh, lobby of the hotel, you know, um, getting gas talking to players, talking to Scott Boris, you know, all the big wigs, you know, I mean, that would be really cool. Plus, it isn't much of a, you know, it's not hard for you to get there. You can just drive down the five.
0: (laughs) uh, It's very close to Los Angeles. I might have to go check this out and see see what we can uh, get out of this see who we can get i should say uh see what's going on check out the vibe of the town i wonder if uh you know fans travel to this like they travel to you know an nfl draft or any other meetings have Have you ever heard of fans going down there and being around this
1: i definitely i don't know if they're fans that have traveled or if they live in that same city but uh you know, I watch it quite a bit. I'm very interested in the hot stove and watching the rumors. And it's like the funnest four days of watching MLB Network. And uh, I've seen quite a few, you know, fans and people mingling throughout the um, lobby of these fancy hotels. And being kind of in the background to these different shows. So, yeah, I have seen fans there. So, I mean, it's not like you need a press pass. You would fit in perfectly down there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd fit in perfectly, but I'd love to be down there. But I will say, you know, going into this GM meeting, uh, by the time this thing ends, we're going to uh, figure out here big, the big Big thing, and that's about Mitch Haniger. Let's talk about a little bit Mitch Haniger right now. I believe by the time this recording gets out here early this morning, this could be uh, you know be done or not done. They're supposed to be a qualifying offer for him, correct?
1: Um, yeah, and uh, I I just read um this evening that the Mariners are not going to uh, offer it to him, and that's what by reading that saying, I. Right? Yeah, and by doing that, it's kind of a good faith thing to Mitch, you know, as far as him being able to be a free agent right away, go out on the open market, try to get the best deal for himself. And, uh, you know, I just hope with Mitch Hanager, hope my ideal situation is, is you know, let's say he gets a, an offer that he really likes. I hope maybe that him and uh, Justin or Jerry have talked about, hey, If you get this deal and it's something you want, please, before you sign it, come back to us and let's discuss. And I hope that's where it ends up, between the two parties, at least.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, you just said an interesting name there, Justin. That is our new official general manager, correct, Justin? I don't know his last name.
1: Yeah, Justin. I believe it's Hollander.
0: Yes, he is now, at least for the title... He is now the general manager of the Mariners, uh, but I have a hard time seeing Jerry just letting go of the reins, considering where we are in this build. We're almost to where exactly Depoto has envisioned this thing, along with with uh, you know, Scott Service. I I so I I really question what this gm guy is really doing uh not as far as like what's he doing i shouldn't say that way but i mean it does seem like maybe we didn't want him to go somewhere else maybe a bump in salary bump in title also uh another idea i have is now can be a bit more of a buffer you know with uh you know jerry maybe takes a little bit of an emotional uh attachment away from it because jerry's been with like somebody like for instance, Hanager, um, for a very long time, you know, since he's got here, he's, this is one of the original guys that, you know, he went out and got and, you know, now tough decisions are being made to where maybe somebody else could make this decision. And it's like, Hey, I, Hey, I'd love to have you here, but this is what my general manager wants to do. So that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kind of the vibe i've gotten you know as justin was with jerry down in uh in anaheim you know and and, and has now been brought up to seattle and has been with Seattle the last six years and you know it's kind of the next hot commodity and so they have he's been jerry's right hand man and kind of sidekick so they promoted him to gm and just listening to the final press conference this year i just kind of got the feeling that jerry would was kind of using Justin more as like the buffer and the guy that makes the calls to the agents and kind of deals with them a lot more. So yeah, um, there's a, there's a new guy in town, but it just, it sure seems like he said that they're both on equal footing and it's going to be a collective decision as far as the um, decision making goes for the GM and president Jerry DePoto.
0: Yeah. And I feel like too, it does give another, you know, pretty intelligent uh pair of eyes on what's going on and i think kind of removes you know jerry i feel like if you're working on a project like i have you know anytime i'm editing something or i'm working on something i'm writing you, you at some point to get it to where it needs to be where it needs to be you have to take your eyes off of it you have to get some fresh eyes and some fresh perspectives on it Just to maybe make the moves and you know cut things and walk away from things and add things that maybe you didn't think about because you've been you know obsessively working on this uh, I'm sure uh, Jerry Depoto and the organization's uh answer to this theory that I have is like no that's complete bullshit but I, come on this is a, that I feel like it's an intelligent thing also I think it's you know also, because yes, Tapoto's moved up in the organization. Anyways, if I also heard quickly on this, uh, one last thing on this Miss Handiger thing, if he does get signed by somewhere and it's a decently sized contract, the Mariners get a early draft pick, like uh, before the second round or second round pick. It just kind of matters on the money, right? Oh, a compensation pick. Yes.
1: I, see. I think, okay. I think it's at like know.
0: $50 million or more, you get this. If it's less, they get this. So if Haniger does sign somewhere else, the Mariners do get compensation or else they just have to sign him as the $19 million, which actually might not be good for Mitch. So I think, like you said, in good faith, uh, him being able to be a free agent doesn't necessarily mean he's not coming back here. It's just that deal, all of that that's been in place is null and void now.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I mean Mitch Haniger, for how you know, at times has been really good for us. You know, he's just not a nineteen and a half million dollar a year type of guy, and I don't think he's going to get that on the on the market. But I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, and speaking of, you know, this is a good segue into other free agents for the Mariners. Uh, There are more. There, there are. There's. Let's start with Haniger. Mitch Haniger. We talked about that. There's Boyd who is our left-handed starting pitcher slash bullpen pitcher that we picked up at the end of the year. Also Seattle product. We have of course, Carlos Santana, you know, the the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, Adam Frazier, who also was here at the end of a a deal and uh, backup catcher, Kurt Caselli. So again, that's Kurt Caselli, Adam Frazier, Carlos Santana. Boyd and Mitch Haniger. out of these people that I mentioned right here, which one of these people do you think Hanno has the best chance of being back on the uh, opening roster for next season?
1: Um, I, I the one I would x off would be a no for sure would be Casali just because I think uh, Tom Murphy was it will be the guy next year to be the backup to. Cal Raleigh, Cal Raleigh's proven, you know, he's the number one catcher. And then with the option of Luis Torrens, if he gets arbitration or not. So I'll just say Casali's a no. The other guys, I guess I could see in some way or fashion, you know, I think there could be upgraded every position, but to answer your question, I think Matt Boyd would be the most logical in my opinion that could be, uh, re-signed on this
0: team. Now. Wow. So Boyd and Casselli came together, right? Uh, are, are at the same same point. team,
1: different deals, I believe.
0: Yeah, and, and Boyd has also, you know, made it pretty uh, clear like, wow, he loves being here in Seattle. He's a big, huge Mariners fan. Uh, so that's awesome. He's also been pretty effective. He's also left handed. Uh, you know, he also probably won't be too expensive. You will get that, uh, quote, hometown discount probably out of him. So I do see that point. Um, I got to say with Santana, I'll just go through him real quick. Yes, I could see him coming back depending on like what he's looking for. You know, if he's looking to play every day, maybe this isn't the place. If he's just looking to win, maybe it is. Uh, But yes, I could, with him being a switch hitter and being able to play, you know, back up first base, there is a spot for him. But maybe there's somebody when we talk about these uh, free agents in our, uh, you know, catalog section that just came in. We will, uh, we'll talk about that. Then you have Adam Frazier, which again you have to reimagine what he could be like without the shift next year. And you know, if you're wondering what that really means to the casual fan about the shift, that means you can't take your second base or your shortstop and your third baseman against a left-hander and stack them into the outfield or on the right side of second base. Isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they can only be two guys, third and short, and second and first on their separate sides of second base, like you mentioned. And then each infielder has to have their feet on the dirt, not you know in the outfield grass like uh, it has been for the last few years of players. Yeah. Playing in deep right field and and so on.
0: Yeah, and with Frazier, you know that that the shift really seemed to you know seem to kill him. But most of his career so far, he's been playing in this era. You never know. He's a guy who can play some second base, play some uh, uh, left field. I just don't think he's somebody that you go, hey, if you bring him back, it's starting. You're just kind of maybe in the role of where Dylan Moore is or Toro, which I I think he's a better player than them uh right now i mean they were hitting below 200 and frazier on a you know bad down year was still still hitting 230 240 um and uh you know he he showed up there in the playoffs a little bit and you know he had a down year i'm not i'm not backing up his year but i you did see flashes and you did see some good streaks out of him kurt caselli yes i don't think there's any Real need for him right now, especially when we have Tom Murphy coming back from injury. We, of course, have big dumper, and we don't know what's going on with Terenz. and I think we have some other catchers that are free uh, free agents out on the market, plus some people in our pipeline. But honestly, after that being said, I know this just seems like maybe we just talked about him, but I think, honestly, I do see Mitch Hanniger coming back. Um, I don't think you're gonna see Winker coming back. I think he, that down at the GM meeting, that's what these guys are. That's what they're they're handing out Winker business cards and uh, you know like free Winker swag <laughs> down there trying to sweet sweeten the deal. I could see them bringing Hanniger back. I don't think he's going to. Get the money out on the market like you said he is and I think he wants to be here And I think he wants to win and I mean again He wrote that article in the Players Tribune the year before this is a guy who bleeds Mariners blue He's the last guy from I believe from the old era before this from the canoe cruise air hangover era uh, He's the only one left on the roster or in the clubhouse um, and I just feel like the Mariners right now need to solidify um, their corner outfield spots. At least you know what you're getting with Mitch already. And, but also, if you sign Mitch, uh, you know, you, I definitely feel like you have to get some depth out there. We don't know what we're gonna get from Lewis or Kelnick. I was hearing something today about, you know, what's what's interesting about the Haniger re-sign is that like the way they may have thought this was gonna go, and maybe he was gonna leave you. We're already penciling in that maybe Lewis was supposed to be your right fielder, you know, before all of this happened or Kelnick would have developed at a different rate. So I think all of this has to go into to the decision making on Haniger, But ultimately, I see him coming back uh, before I see any of these other guys coming back, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hanager, I, I can agree with that. You know, I think, he, you know, maybe not an everyday outfielder anymore, Um, even though he proved he could possibly do it. He's getting older, he's gotten a bunch of injuries. I'd like to see him more maybe possibly in a DH role if he was to come back and split time in the outfield. As far as the other two we talked about in Fraser and Santana, in my opinion, you can get much better guys other than those two. Those guys are C and D options.